Many families don't see the importance of attending Mass every Sunday. How do we pull them in? Make them feel welcome and keep them coming back. I'm your host, Edward Herrera, and we're talking about creative ways to get more minivans to Mass. I am here with Father Leo. Father Leo, if you don't know him, uh, which I imagine you do know him, uh, Father Leo is a chef, an author, podcaster, international speaker. He actually just got off a plane. Uh, you forgot priest. priest. You forgot Sorry, priest. The, kind of the first, uh, the first thing. It's the outfit gave it away, right? <laughs> uh, a priest. And he actually... Uh, Kind of his uh, one of his initial claims to fame was uh, beating Bobby Flay. Yes, which I was looking back. Did you beat Bobby Flay on fajitas? Fajitas, his that's, specialties. That's like insane. <laughs> well, it was called holy water in the marinade. Yeah. So. <laughs> and and the reason why I want to make sure people know that I'm a priest is because people think that a priest is so limited to just doing this or that, when in fact, all priests are in a sense chefs. They gotta feed people. They're all in a sense podcasters because they've gotta be able to talk to people at every level. And so break dancing, maybe not, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, I think we only have a few that yeah, can only probably a few break do dancers. <laughs> um, so we are just blessed to have Father Leo here My with pleasure. us today. Um, and wanted to talk with you uh, about one of the things I know you talk about quite a bit, yep. which is food. Yeah. And so we're uh, kind of through these podcasts just talking about how are we welcoming families in? How are we bringing families into our parishes and supporting them and filling their needs? And I just wanted to start off with kind of a, I hope, a simple question of asking, mm. um, you know, why is food uh, so important to Christian fellowship? Like, why is that important? Well, I think it's because taking Jesus's example, he, he became food. And, and I know that that's odd, but I write about a theology of food because if we don't think about food, then we might not like heaven where the eternal banquet is. And the fact that Christ himself used food to bring people to him. I mean, like his first miracle wine. Hello. Thank God <laughs> for Jesus and on so many levels. And and there, there was this passage in the scripture, the second miracle about how the multiplication of the loaves and the fishes are what got the disciples to believe he was the Messiah and what convinced the people that he was he should become king. So there's a philosophy and a theology of food. But I just think on a practical level, folks, if if you're not being fed by your parish, then I can understand why people go elsewhere to be fed. Yeah. And and my dad, he was a Protestant. I don't know if you would know this, I but he was a that, Protestant. Yeah. But even though his mother was Catholic, his dad was Protestant, he went to the Protestant church because they gave candy at the services. This is so ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. Or is it? Because the fact is, we all sometimes make decisions based on our hungers. And what I'm trying to do is get pastors and parishes to think, what are your people hungering for? Yeah. Because if all you're going to constantly do is just give them like, I don't know, catechism, which is great, sure. but really what they want is fellowship, you kind of have to give a little bit of both. Yeah, You have to be able to insert the catechism in the fellowship the way parents shove spinach and meatballs. Gotcha. <laughs> Recipe tip number <laughs> one, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we'll have that in the show notes. Um, so I guess the the other question is, if you're talking to uh, to a pastor or a yeah. parish leader, something like that, and which is hopefully our audience here, how would uh, you convince them to make 
food really an integral part of the fellowship at the life of the parish? I know you've uh, yeah. been at parishes, you're at parishes constantly, but Correct. you also have been a parish priest Correct. serving at parishes. And like, how would you convince a pastor or a parish minister to really incorporate food as a part of that fellowship? That's a huge question because it, it goes to the practicalities. If I can get just a little Absolutely. philosophical for a moment, when I do parish, excuse me, when I do priest convocations and priest lectures, I, I ask them to answer a couple questions. One, how many times have you been invited out to dinner by your brother priests and by your parishioners? And if it's not many, there's a problem. It means that they don't see you as someone they want to meet at their dinner table. Yeah. So it's, it's a striking question. Yeah. The second is, how often have you invited a brother priest or your parishioner out to dinner or paid for a meal. You know, yeah. people love doing that. And, and I think there's a, a relationship question that priests have to ask. Am I only seen as a formal administrator of the sacramental food? Because if that's the case, they're going to only see you as a formal minister of the sacramental yeah. food. They're not going to see you as father to represent Abba, who is supposed to provide the daily bread and not just the fancy dinner table bread. But like kitchen table gospel stuff, yeah, kind of like what Jesus did. And so I never want to diminish the sacraments, sure. but I also don't want to limit the sacrament to just the elevated. We also know that the most elevated became accessible sure. by meeting us, bad English, where we're at. Right. I hope you don't correct my English. You're not supposed to end it on a preposition, <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. And where are people? They're eating. Yeah. And and they're going to Starbucks. And by the way, this is not brought to you by Starbucks either. <laughs> but they're going to yeah. to restaurants and to food trucks. I think we need to meet them where they're at. Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, that's good. And I I guess sometimes though, I think for pastors, pa or pastors or business managers, right, of saying, but this is an investment, right? Oh You're asking me to do uh, like I'm I'm big kind of cats out of the bag. I'm big on coffee and donuts every Sunday. Yeah. And so some people or coffee, whatever, you know, some sort of fellowship. You're playing the part of the pastor or you're speaking yourself? Uh, myself. Okay. Like, yeah. I, you you know, like coffee and donuts. I like coffee and donuts. I mean, well, my kids like coffee and donuts, right? <laughs> or they like donuts. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, any sort of sweet uh, food. And so I guess um, some pastors would say, well, this is a uh, pastors or business managers or parish staff mm. would say maybe, well, this is a huge investment, right? You're asking us to buy food. You're asking us to kind of mm. have volunteers and things like that to really make this. Um, and so I don't want to ever challenge a pastor who's got to work on the bottom line. Sure. But I also say, what's your job, man? Your job is to feed your people. Sure. And and what I love to do is use the example of a, of a priest friend of mine who inherited a challenging situation. And just by providence, we were talking about this very issue. How sure. do you engage people? And I said, you should just have supper clubs and dinners, you know, I mean, no agenda. Let's not get people together just so you could talk about, I don't know, a program or finances. Sure. That's annoying. That's almost as bad as parents only using the dinner table to scold their kid because they didn't get an A at yeah. math. You know, why don't we talk about like other things that just make yeah. you love each other a little bit more? I mean, this is so commonsensical. Yeah. But the second thing was the pastor, he had the same problem of finances. But there were some people who came to him and said, hey, you know, Father, we just got this shipment of food from my company. We can't use it. Can we 
Can I just cook for your parish? And you'd be surprised of how many people came out of the woodworks just to be part of coming together to celebrate their community and to celebrate a non-sacramental communion to celebrate a relationship with this new parish priest who was inheriting a struggling parish. And now guess what? It's a thriving parish just because he did the one thing that I think parishioners are craving to have a relationship with their spiritual father. Deep stuff, isn't it? It is. It is. You didn't think you were going to, you thought you were just going to get a recipe for fajitas, man. (laughs) I'll get that at some point. You'll get that. But no, it's in the book. (laughs) In the show notes, we will have the recipe and and the link to the the link to purchase the book on Amazon. But um, no, so uh, I I think that's so important what you're saying, though, about um, the particularly that relationship to, to the father and sure. when you're talking about that. And then when we bring it home in some ways, mm. uh, what, I mean, and I'm uh, marriage and family life. Yeah, absolutely. Diocese, right. So I obviously thinking always about families too, uh, in the domestic church, right. That small church and that home church. And so how can we, um, like how can kind of the parish community and the, the parish church, right really work together with our home and our family church how around food i think that's sure we can get practical and offer some programs um but i think it begins when we first adjust our attitude Ah. and that that's the most practical thing i can say is the parish your home yeah your spiritual and if it's the case then how do you make it your home how do you feel comfortable there you know i mean can you create an attitude by the atmosphere where priest isn't just on one side of the sanctuary altar rail or sanctuary or altar, depending on, (laughs) I just entered into ecclesiological debates here, but you know what I mean? It's like, is there a separation between me and the holy priest? Because the fact is Vatican II was very clear. Holiness is for everyone. So we've got to change our attitude. The second thing is, let's just take a look at the parish schedule, to be honest with you. When are some times when the parish priest can just make himself available for dinners? And I know this one pastor put it out there. He said, well, here's my availability for just when you can invite me for dinner. And I'm like, well, that's kind of creepy, you know, <laughs> but because he had that relationship with the people, yeah. people literally signed, signed up, up for... and just to have uncle father yeah. come in and just do what those crazy uncle fathers do. You know, they, yeah. they just play with the kids. They have that relationship. And I know right now people are more concerned about legalities and costs, Sure, but you know what, what family thinks about that first when they say, Hey, let's get together and just be a family. Yeah. The third thing that I recommend is just ask your parishioners, do you have a food background? Do you have food connections? Do you want to have an opportunity where you can just kind of showcase and show it off? Totally agenda-free. And, you know, we could just have people come in and drop a little coin as a donation and pastor just literally walk from table to table. Yeah, It's just a supper club, maybe three times a year. That's not a burden. Yeah, But it's going to create an amazing impact. And I've even heard of different parishes, particularly with uh, international, uh, lots of an international community kind of having that supper club where you're getting flavors from around the world. Listen, Filipinos love making them egg rolls. (laughs) 
<laughs> and the people be loving those ponset, you know? And then if you make a taqueria night, boy, you're kidding me? Yeah. You can throw anything in a taco, it'll taste good. <laughs> but that's the point. We need to create an atmosphere, but it begins with an attitude. Can I create an atmosphere where people can be themselves, where they can share who they are through food, which is really next to a sexual act, yeah. the next most intimate thing you can do with someone. Yeah. Um, because it deals with the most intimate part of who we are. Yeah. Our desire, our appetite, our hunger. So if we can create those environments and look, most importantly, I think what it takes is just making sure that when you connect food and food to the people, you're connecting food to fidelity because here's what people are hearing. Father loves us so much that he just wants to spend time with us. And the priest is going to hear, gosh, the people don't hate me. They actually want to spend some time and see me for not in a role, but for who I am as a father. It's a big deal. Yeah. Deep stuff. I get it. No. And it's so, but it's so important to um, see our fathers as fathers and to ultimately draw us to the heavenly father. You know, I, I tell when I used to teach seminarians and teach them homiletics, that's a different story altogether, right? Podcast number two. (laughs) (laughs) But the idea of, of what, when people look at us, do they see someone as a disciplinarian or a dictator of dogma? Or do they see someone who just is a father who loves his children so much? I just want to, spend time with you and love you. Isn't that what Thanksgiving is about? And guess what? I'm so grateful. As Catholics, we don't celebrate Thanksgiving once a year because the word means Eucharist, Thanksgiving Eucharist. We do it every day, every day. No, and I I was going to ask you too, um, particularly because I I feel that uh, you said something about, you know, the parish is the parish, our spiritual home. Yeah. And if it's, if it's not like, how are we kind of, uh, making it that really making it our 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 home and our our spiritual home where we feel kind of comfortable in that. Hmm. And I guess, um, do you have some thoughts? I mean, it, and it's a tough question, but I, I feel like um, with regarding uh, today, everyone's so fragmented. Whether it's phones or whether it's th- things just pulling us in different directions. And hmm. do you have any other thoughts? I know it gets us a little far afield, but other no. thoughts on kind of drawing us. Uh, to the parish as our home again. Two uh, two yeah. thoughts on that. First, when was the last time you actually walked up to your pastor and introduced yourself to him and just said, hey, I want to get to know you a little bit better? Yeah. Isn't that weird? Like, isn't that how you do it with anything else? The, the second thing is think about the gifts that you can bring to your parish. If you want a family-friendly parish, then guess who's going to have to do that? It's not going to be the secretary. I tell you that much. It's going to be you. So you've got to really enter into a deep discernment, a deep prayer and say, what are the gifts that God has given to me? And how can I use that to support this place, which I call my spiritual home? Yeah. On the flip side, what the parish priests and what the parish leadership needs to do is just to create space in their calendar. And I say that even for you families, you're busy. I get it. Stop using busyness as an excuse. It's one of the devil's favorite tools to avoid communion. And you got to believe me, ladies and gentlemen, the devil wants nothing more than to keep people apart. And so what the parish has to do is to take proactive opportunities throughout the liturgical year 
to celebrate those experiences. Four celebrations a year ain't going to kill anybody and it's not going to break your parish budget. I bet you it will increase it because people will now say, I feel like I'm invested in this experience. And then I think on, you know, again, because it ultimately is the responsibility of the parish priest and the leadership, what they've got to do is just ask. Ask the people, how can we make this more of a place where you feel at home? And I'm not talking throw pillows on the pews or (laughs) recliners, you know. I'm talking what are those things that they're hungering for? As a dad, don't you ask your kids, kids, what are you hungry for? They're going to say gummy bears. You know, they're going (laughs) to say anything but healthy. Yeah. But every now and then, don't you give them gummy bears? And don't you give them some little sweet treats? Yeah. Well, guess what? Pastors, your dad, ask them, what are you hungering for? Yeah. No, that's, uh, it's good stuff. This is good stuff. I, uh, uh, can we extend the podcast? Plus a, a recipe. Yeah. <laughs> Do whatever uh, you want, man. Um, another question I wanted to ask was, uh, particularly, you know, all the folks who are, are watching, listening, mm. uh, are, you know, within families of their own and uh, whether it be, you know, I mean, uh, all different types of family shapes and sizes and stuff like that. Um, but do you have any thoughts on ways that um, uh, as a as a home church, kind of this domestic church, that we can uh, try to cultivate some of those same uh, same values within our kind of within our home, so to speak? Uh, of the domestic church. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Uh, So like, because the word church is in both the institutional and the domestic, we need to know that it's just simply from the Greek, ecclesia is a gathering of people. So there's a gathering of people in your home. And if they're related to you, they're called family. Or if they're always over, like some of my annoying brothers and sisters, friends would come (laughs) over all the time. They was like Olive Garden. They became part of the family, right? (laughs) But that's the point. What are the connections? And I think what we deeper into your question, again, I always have to get philosophical. What is the connection that you have to your parish? What is the connection that you need to make to your parish? Well, what does your parish do? Your parish reads the Bible. Your parish offers prayers of thanksgiving. Your parish offers the sign of peace. And then your parish eats together. And then your parish sends you forth. You know, this is just the movement of mass, the liturgy. Well, then do the same thing in your own church, your own domestic church. Why don't you uh, break the Bible open a little bit, a little scripture passage. I always tell people, if you write your own homily, you're going to see it ain't easy. right? You'll <laughs> complain less what you hear about on Sunday. So write your own homily. But literally, just pull out the scripture readings and say, hey, this is going to be gospel sun- gospel for next Sunday. What would you say if you were Father X? Yeah. You know, the other thing that we do is we pray for each other. Isn't that what you can do around a dinner table? Like yeah. intercessory prayer? Hey, how about offering each other the sign of peace? In my family, in the Filipino culture, we got to say hello and kiss their hand as a sign of peace and a blessing from yeah. our parents. If I don't, boy, I mean, it was like <laughs> no peace for me. <laughs> so why don't you start sharing the sign of peace? And then, of course, that family meal. Yeah. And I say, please don't let it be just mom or dad or just the person who cooks well. In my family, my mom made sure that everyone was part of the cooking process, whether it be setting the table or stir this pot or set the drinks. You know, it can't be relegated to just one. Yeah. And then finally, sending forth. Talk to your kids about, hey. 
how when, when you my mom did this a lot she would always use the guilt trip she'd be like when i die what are you going to do you know? she would say stuff like that but it was really the sending forth it's like right. when she dies because she will what am i going to take away yeah. how am i going to send my mom and dad's love into this world yeah. so go ahead and ask your kids i mean don't be like my mom you know <laughs> super dramatic woman but but i love her dearly because she knew that she wasn't going to be taking care of me forever. Yeah. How are you going to send your kids forth? Yeah. Oh, those are uh, practical. Great. Yeah, very practical, but, but very philosophical. Important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I like how you're uh, really tying it back to the mass and what um, kind of what we uh, what we do at mass. Yeah, and so yeah. I guess the uh, one one other question I was going to ask you is uh, how do we at a parish, I, I think sometimes we get bogged down in kind of programs or this program or that program, but how do we empower families to live what you're talking at the life of the parish? So I would say for parishes, please stop having so much activity that every night you're pulling the family apart. Yeah. You got women's group, you got men's group, you got teens group for boys, teens group for girls, and you've got like seniors on this. Can you at least slow down a little bit yourself. Yeah. I mean, like every DRE is like, yeah, preach it, brother. <laughs> but you're creating this madness. Yeah, You're creating it. Yeah. The church was not meant to replace life. It was there to encourage and support it. But it almost seems like parishes now are so busy. It's like as a parish priest, I remember I used to say to Jesus through meetings. You know, <laughs> It was just endless <laughs> amount of it to the point where I even curtailed it. And I said, look, when we meet, it's going to be a standing meeting and it's going to be five minutes. Yeah. And that's all we need yeah. to just make some decisions. So stop creating your home parish to be like, I don't know, a Fortune 500 company, even though I know you have to generate that funds. Sure. You don't need to do it that way. There are other ways to do it. And then secondly, I think what has to happen is create those opportunities, even for ready for this, for the parish priest to work with his staff as a family. Yeah. One of the healthiest parishes that I was at was the, the, the staff ate lunch together yeah. a lot. And there was a budget for staff development because of lunches. Yeah. Wasn't anything big. You know, and some days sure. someone made a pot of spaghetti. Please don't overcook it. But, you know, like they would do stuff like that just to encourage yeah. that staff togetherness as a leadership for that family. Yeah. Beautiful stuff. Yeah. No, that's good. Uh, these are just great thoughts as we're trying to think uh, think through this as parishes and how can we uh, most fully support uh you know, uh, support families, I guess. Uh, do you have any final thoughts as we're, as we're kind of wrapping up today? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not here to plug books or anything like sure. that, but I, I just wrote a recent book and it's called saving the family. Ah. And, it, and it chronicles how you stay close to the dinner table from when you're feeding your kids mashed peas to when they're feeding you mashed peas and everything in between. Nice. In other words, your parish dynamic is going to evolve. It is going to change. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you can't make efforts to come together. And and what I have discovered was uh, I used to be at a parish, right? Yeah. These kids are now reaching out to me to do their weddings yeah. because they felt a connection to me. Yeah. And that's a great gift. And one kid actually said, it's because you also did my parents' funeral. So you you can see how the parish is a home. 
And if we take it to heart, then we are going to do the one thing that's going to get us to heaven. And Jesus said it very quickly when he separated the sheep from the goats. He asked, did you give food to the hungry and water to the thirsty? Those were the first of the corporal works of mercy. Well, thank you, Father Leo. I, it's uh, been a great joy to be with you today. My pleasure. Um, and we'll have uh, links to, to that. No, <laughs> to I, the recipes. We'll have links the to recipe the recipe that beat Bobby Flay. The, the, the recipe that beat Bobby Flay. <laughs> but we'll also, uh, the latest book that you mentioned, and you've got some other great books. Yeah, I thanks. Mean, uh, the marriage book yeah, is I mean, a big you, book Yeah, I was going to say the marriage book is uh, close to my heart, but... Yeah. Um, Plating Grace. I mean, so just some great stuff. Thank you. Um, and so we'll have all of those uh, links so you can. It, it's really my those. pleasure to just come back to Baltimore. It is my home yeah. and I'm here for less than 12 hours. So let's make it happen. <laughs> all right. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Father Leo. Pleasure. Thank you. Minivans to Mass is hosted by Edward Herrera. To listen to more episodes and share your ideas about getting more minivans to Mass, visit www.archbalt.org forward slash minivans. Special thanks to Jay Lampart for the editing help, Jack Raybold for the animation in our video, and Catherine Amon for the artwork. This has been a production of the Archdiocese of Baltimore.